0: Welcome, 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 Please stand by, stand by, stand by, stand by, stand by, the by, stand by, me a special by, that was only for friends and family. And it warmed my heart because even though I didn't know anyone in that company, it felt so true. It even brought me back to my childhood. You see, my mother grew up working during the Great Depression, collecting bottles and jars that she cleaned and sold to various people on the street. And the money from that effort went to her room and board, which her mother and father charged her and five other siblings. And of course, these lessons would carry on to me, which is why I had a paper route and that I would eventually get fired from when I was nine years old. The truth is I loved delivering those papers, but hated collecting the money. The idea of helping others increase their knowledge and curiosity of the world by landing a rolled up, rubber banded educational tool onto their stoop gave me a sense of providing a necessary service, a postman for people's knowledge, but then turning around later, asking for financial compensation. And if they didn't, the enlightening experience would no longer continue like shutting off an educational water main to the mind. For me, that job turned into a loan shark for learning. Even as my mother boxed my ears for not doing my job, scolded me for not making and paying my way through life, and sending me to my room, threatening me with owing her back pay in the months to come. But that's the news these days. Eventually when I was 10, the idealism and silly understanding of my world changed. When after making repeated high-pressured lemonade sales during the rush hour at the local train stop, all of my money was taken by a neighborhood bully. After heading home and telling my mother what had happened, she slapped me for being a weak capitalist, saying I needed to seek out my competitor, telling me that This is how an economy works. People sell things. People want things. And sometimes this means people wanna take your market share. And so I asked her, was there any way to avoid these crooks? And she said, well, you just need to be sure that you vote the right one into office. And then they don't feel as much like a crook. They're just more crooked. And so I shook my head, grabbed my wiffle ball bat, and went to get my stolen money back. Years later, when my lemonade crook was running for Senate, I went to work at my first job in a corporation, entering data into a computer, wondering how all these digits and letters I entered into a machine was creating any sort of market share returning to my tiny living space, I would listen to the messages my mother left me, asking me if I was there, and would I pick up the phone, and was I eating, and how was work. Having gone through my mother's upbringing and gone to college, where I was in another system of paying for my knowledge again, I didn't feel the need to hear any more life lessons. It's not like I could take a wiffle ball bat to anyone in my company because I was receiving a decent salary. But eventually my mother and I would catch up on the weekends when I would lie to her that my life had meaning, the corporate ladder was challenging, but I was climbing it and I was making a living and building experience. Now after many years of this job and the coming age of the cell phone, I realized all the information I had entered over the years did have meaning and became a market. Information could be strip mined, as everything eventually is. And people littered data all over the place, which spoke volumes to people who sold things and created store shelves for people to buy things. And I created money for myself and others by sifting through what became people's news. And once again in my life, I would be the one delivering it. And after long hours of this, I would return to my multi-bedroom duplex penthouse. And I would still get messages left by my mother on a number I kept in the cloud, but no longer had the answering machine. And she would continue asking if I was there, would I pick up, was I eating, and how was work? And after all that time I spent climbing a ladder, my mother and I, we had reached ages in which I was now the one providing my life lessons to my employees. And my mother began trying to sell glass jars and bottles again up and down the halls of her home. Eventually, I sold my mining company for untold millions. And when my mother passed, I thought about what her business would have been like if she grew up in my era. And as I sit here, occupying a space 20 times the size of the home she grew up in and having made 60 lifetimes the income she ever did, I'm feeling somewhat hollowed out. You see, I have no family to charge for money because I took it all out on my customers. And so staring out over the skyscrapers I lord over with my 360-degree views, I worry about all those messages in the cloud from my mother. Might one day they be destroyed by a system upgrade gone wrong? I think about how comforting it would be getting a text from my long-dead mother saying I owe her $14.95 at the end of the month. Otherwise, she would cancel my subscription and stop sending me texts. And even what she taught me long ago still remains. People sell things, people want things. I miss my mother, not for her selling or collecting, but her view on love. And even though in my younger years, there was a lot of hard work in order to earn that love from my mother, it was still always for free. This has been an episode of the Flypaper Podcast. Music provided by Black Ferns at blackfernsmusic.com. Please help elevate this podcast. Leave a review. Until next time. Stand by.